So uh, last week, uh, really and, and every week, we need to remember um, that God is first and, is, and that he is in control. And, and I really hope that that idea and, and that that premise gives you hope. I hope that that, that, that really gives you hope um, and understanding that God is first and God is in control. And two weeks ago, uh, I started this series called God is First and, and talked about how God really must be first and, and the principle of firsts that is throughout Scripture from the Old Testament all the way through. And there is actually uh, the video of that message uh, is available now actually on our website, on our YouTube channel um, that you can go back and watch if you'd really like to. It's from March 8th is the day uh, of that message. And, you know, there are 500 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer. There are nearly 500 verses that talk about faith. But there are more than 2,000 verses that talk about the subject of money and possessions. And you know, right now in this time that we're living in, um, you know, I know that we're all concerned. I know that we've, we've all got concerns in, in that regard when it comes to provision and providing and, and the things that we need. Um, but you know, when you give your first to God, the rest is blessed. When you give your first to God, the rest is blessed. That is something that is throughout Scripture, and that doesn't change regardless of the circumstances that we're going through. That, uh, you know, and again, as, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, this still is about what God wants for you, not what God wants from you. It's living out his principles. It's living out his, uh, his principles through our life because God doesn't need anything from me. He doesn't need anything from you. But especially through this time, God, I, I, I need to be blessed by God. I want to be blessed by God. And, and what releases the blessing is, is not the amount that we give to God. It has everything to do with the order in which it's given because he must be first. And so as we get into this this morning, I, I want to start with, with an idea that is an attribute or a characteristic of God that maybe you haven't thought about throughout this week. And it may sound like a negative right at first, but I'm telling you, it's, it's actually not. It's an attribute of God. And I know for me that I think realizing this this week really gave me a, a lot of hope and it was really encouraging to me. It was something I was actually able to share with, uh, with somebody at the grocery store the other day. Um, you know, there are things that God can't do. And you might be like, wow, Jay, that's really not encouraging. Um, but, but it actually is. And, and, and I want to point out one particular thing because we say, oh, God can do anything. And, and from a certain point of view, yes, he can. God can do anything. You know, I remember my, my dad would always uh, say this, and it was always kind of funny because he would say, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? And the inevitable answer to that ends up being, yes, he can, no, he can't, yes, he can, no, he can't, yes, he can, no, he can't, etc. Um, if you really think about that question. But let me tell you something that God can't do, and it's the first point, and it's this. God can't change. God can't change. And you know why he can't change? I'll tell you exactly why he can't change. Because he is perfect. He can't change because if he could change, then, then that would insinuate that he could get better. And you can't get better when you're best. God can't change because he is perfect. It says in Hebrews 13, 8, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that applied when that was written, and that still applies now. You know, in the middle of this pandemic, as it's being called, it, it seems like everything changes daily. Everything is changing daily. We're, we're just waiting every day to see what else is closed. I don't know about you, but about two, three o'clock every day, I'm, 
I'm tuning in to see what the governor's going to say and, and, and maybe even what the president's going to say and, and what's going to change and what else is going to be closed. I know there's not a whole lot left at this point to be closed, but, but you know, God is never closed. God is never closed. He cannot change. He will not change. Now, understand this, that, that if God asks us uh, to give in a certain way and to be generous in a certain way, um, if we don't give our first to God, we're, we're actually not following the principle that's, that's throughout Scripture that, that's more than, than just, more than just tithing and first fruits. It's really giving to God and being generous in the way that he is calling us to be. And, and two weeks ago, I talked about this idea of, of law versus grace. And you may have heard this before because people say in the, that in the Old Testament, well, tithing was really just an Old Testament thing and that it's not in the New Testament. Well, it actually is. People say, well, Jesus didn't mention it, so um, he actually did. And I want to show you a verse in the New Testament that really should put this idea to rest, but, but it really does apply to this idea that God can't change. And Jesus actually affirms this himself, and it's in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Let me read this to you. It says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So, you know, right there, Jesus says you should tithe, so, so that really ends that debate. Jesus said it, but, but he says, you know, you, you should tithe of your increase, but, but don't neglect the incredibly important issues here of, of justice and mercy and faith, and and that these things are tied together. Because really what we're talking about is generosity. Generosity and putting him first. And putting him first, it's directly tied to these social issues that are here. And God will multiply and increase from there. But it really begins with, with giving it away. And, and that's really a heart issue. It's a priority issue. Because God is first. And when I keep him first in everything, when I keep him first in my life, and when I keep him first, not just in my finances, but in my life and in, and in every aspect, amazing things happen in view of living a godly life. And so I want to look at a story today. I want to look at a story today from the Bible that you're probably familiar with, whether you've grown up in church or, or not. You've probably heard a version of this or, or heard this referenced. But this story is never really equated to this topic necessarily. But I believe that Jesus shows us some things here that are, that are huge, and we miss it because it's wrapped up in an incredible story and an amazing miracle. And, and a lot of times we just leave it there. We leave it at the, at the miracle because it is so, you know, amazing and awesome. Um, and it's in Luke chapter 9. So if you do have your Bibles, if you're following along in the Bible app, turn to Luke chapter 9 with me. And this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. So this is the feeding of the 5,000, and I want to show you the principles of first and generosity and multiplication right smack dab in the middle of this story. So uh, it's beginning in verse 12 through 17. So let's read this together here. It says this, Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. And he replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to the disciples, 
Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So, this is a short passage, but there is a lot in between here. There's a lot in between. There's a lot of what is not said that is very, very interesting to me. I think there's a lot of places throughout Scripture where there are things maybe not said uh, that, that can be implied there that, that God speaks even in the, in the in-betweens. And, and so there's some interesting things here that I want to point out. So, first of all, it talks about 5,000 there, but it says 5,000 men. And this is a church service, essentially, that Jesus is preaching that just keeps going. At the beginning, it says, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him. So it wasn't just one that went to Jesus. It was all 12, right? So all 12, they kind of put a committee together, and they're going to Jesus, and they're like, okay, he's been preaching for a while here. It's getting, this is getting to be a late service here. Everybody's getting hungry. We, we got to figure this out here. And so you've got, it says 5,000 men. Now, keep in mind that the historical context of when this was written, that's actually more like fifteen to 20,000 people because they only counted men for whatever reason when this was written. And so if we're doing just conservative math, you've got fifteen to 20,000 people here. And again, the apostles are, are wanting to just kind of wrap this up because they see, you know, everybody's getting hungry. They were probably hungry. And, and so they ask him, they're like, uh, Jesus, can we send the crowds away so that they can go eat? And I love Jesus' response here because he just kind of looks at him and says, well, you feed them. What? I can't imagine what their response was uh, and internally what they were thinking when he said that. Uh, Because there's, there's nothing that says there exactly what they were thinking, but what would you be thinking? If Jesus looks at you, you and 11 of your best friends, and Jesus says, yeah, there's 20,000 people here. You go ahead and feed them. I'm just going to keep preaching. Okay. Um, so they scrounge out, they scrounge up five loaves and two fish. Really? That's it? Now, I, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when issues arise in my life, a lot of times I'll try to figure it out, and I'll try to figure out how God is going to provide for my needs um, instead of just letting him provide for my needs in the, in the way in which he thinks is best. Don't we do that? We try to figure out how God is going to provide in, instead of just trusting him and following him. We try to, we try to jump ahead and, and we look and we say, oh, well, I think God's going to do it this way and I think God's going to do it that way. I don't think these guys really looked very hard um, for food. I don't, I don't think they did because all they could come up with was a Long John Silver's kids basket. And I don't think, I, I, with that many people there, there had to be more things in that. I think they found this and they were like, you know what, we'll take this to Jesus and he'll say, hey, let's just dismiss, we're done. I, I think they were really trying to kind of get out of it really quickly. And so I, I, I would actually ask you to, to do this. If you're sitting with some people right now, um, I wonder if maybe you look at the person next to you and ask them, how does that usually work out when I try to figure out what God's going to do instead of letting him figure this out? Um, as, as he is God and remembering that he is God and he is in control. How does that usually work out for you? More than likely the response that you're getting from the people that are sitting next to you is, 
it usually doesn't work out very well because we're usually wrong. We are usually wrong in, in terms of figuring out how God is going to work things out. So let's continue with the story just a little bit here because they come with these five loaves and two fish and they come up to Jesus and they're like, this is all we got. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're gonna be done here. He's gonna dismiss because this is all we can, can, can come up with. And Jesus says, uh, all right, great, this is cool. Sit everybody down in groups of 50. Okay, so Jesus came up with social distancing right here and he asks, every, you know, in no groups bigger than 50, at least at this point. So everybody is supposedly getting divided up into groups of 50. You got 12 guys dividing 15 to 20,000 people into groups of 50. Now, I've worked with groups before, never a group that big. Have you ever worked with people? Like, seriously, can you imagine how crazy this was? Um, and, and how long that must have taken for them to get everybody separated into groups of 50, but they did it. Somehow, they did it. And so they get everybody organized, and then Jesus blesses the food. Jesus takes what they have, and he blesses it. And this is an important point. This is huge, because what many Christians fail to understand is that really before God can multiply anything, whether it's money or whatever blessings it is that, that you're bringing to him, whatever, whatever things that you're asking for him to multiply, it's got to be blessed. It's got to be blessed by him. In other words, it has to be given to the Lord first. If it's not given over to the Lord first, then it's not going to be blessed. And when we give the first of our increase, as it says in, in the word of God, the, the tithe to the Lord, the rest of it is blessed. Now, let me just stop you for a second here because I don't want you to define blessed as hitting the lottery. That's not what we're saying. That's not what Jesus is saying. Blessed is, I don't want to call it a relative term, but, but you know, we, here, here we go again, us trying to figure out exactly what God means. Blessed may look differently when it comes from God, but believe me, whether it's monetary blessing or whether it's some other kind of blessing in your life, if you're putting God first, he will bless it. He will bless it. Romans eleven sixteen says, if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So holy means set apart. That's really what that word means. And we see right there that, that when the first fruits are set apart and when they are given to the Lord, that it all becomes blessed. It all becomes blessed. Not just the part that's, that's set apart, but all of it. Because we were willing to give the first to him, it all becomes blessed. And that is really in response to our heart attitude. So do we have a generous heart for the Lord or, or do we have a selfish heart for ourselves? That's a daily question that we need to ask. Even in the midst of all of this, are, are we maybe turning to selfishness and forgetting to be generous in the midst of all of this, you know, there, there is a spirit of, of generosity and remembering who you are really bringing this to. You're really bringing it to the Lord. You're bringing it to Jesus. This is, this is set apart and remembering the power that Jesus has. But we all have that internal battle. I know I do. I know you do. We all have that internal battle that because we are sinful and we are selfish. And I would love to tell you that there is a way to make that battle stop and that that battle will go away. 
I would love to tell you the secret to making that go away completely. But we are just sinful people, and that's why we need Jesus. We need a Savior. That, because we, we aren't perfect, and we're never going to be. But you know what? The closer our heart gets to God, the more our desires line up with him. And the more we see blessings in our life from being generous. Because wherever you find generosity, you will find selfishness battling for control. That's the next point, is wherever you find generosity, you will find selfishness battling for control. You know, one thing that the disciples did right was giving Jesus all that they had. Um, granted, they, that may not have been all that they could find, um, and it, maybe it was, but they did at least trust him that much, and they really seemed at least in this case, to understand that the principle of giving it to Jesus. What they didn't really do was trust him enough with the little that they did have because their attitude was terrible. Um, you know, they said, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all of this crowd. Where was their heart really there? You know, it, it, was, it was more than likely in a place of selfishness. It was battling for, for control because there was a lack of trust there. You know, I know that sometimes when you text somebody or when you send them an email, you can't always tell tone of voice. And I think sometimes in Scripture, um, there, there are some places where we need to, to look into it. And, and this is one spot where, like, you can't really tell tone of voice, but, but where was their heart right there? You know, sometimes somebody will you'll send a text to somebody and they'll reply, why are you yelling at me? And you're like, I didn't mean to yell at you. I just, for some reason, typed in all caps. But this, was, this, this very well may be that. You know, where was their heart, really? Because essentially, here's what, they're, here's what they were saying to each other as they took this up to them. They're like, all right, listen, uh, when Jesus sees that all we have is a couple fish sticks and some hush puppies, he's going he's gonna to be like, all right, let's get going because this is all we can find. Each of us needs to take a hard look right now, inward, and ask the question, am I generous or am I selfish? That's something that we need to look at daily. You know, as a church, we've really, um, since all of this has been going down, we've been looking at different ways and uh, different opportunities that have maybe come up for us to be able to reach out and be generous um, and, and to love people in Jesus' name uh, in the middle of all of this. And there's a few things that we've actually put into place this week. One of them uh, has, has already happened, and the other one is going to be starting this afternoon. Um, so the first is that in partnership with our deacons, um, we are offering to those of you, uh, really to our more seasoned audience, if you will, uh, that might need someone to make a run to the grocery store for them to pick up uh, some, some groceries, um, we're offering to do that for you if, if you need help with that. Um, all we would ask is, is to get a list from you, and, and we would swing by, get the list, pick up the money, and then we could go shop for you and, and bring those supplies back to you. So if that's something that you would need help with, um, we have a, a group of people that are mobilized, ready to do that individually. Um, we've also, in the midst of this, uh, done our best to reach out to nearly our entire church this week to at least give them a call or a text. Um, we may not have been able to reach out to everyone. We may not have correct contact information on everyone. And so if you didn't receive a call or a text, please don't think we don't care about you. We've done our best uh, to try to reach out to everyone. Um, but we want to make sure that our church is, is, is okay and being taken care of because, 
because we love you guys. Um, we love everybody that's part of our church. And so I guess back to the, to the whole part of, of, of shopping uh, for people, if you need that, um, and maybe you didn't get a call about that, and that's something that we can help you with, um, please either email us at hello at connectchurch.xyz, or you could call the church at 330-745-8824, and we can get you uh, on the list so that we can have someone reach out to you and help you in that regard. Uh, we would love to be able to, to, serve, uh, to serve you in, in that way. The second piece is something that's starting this afternoon. Um, and this is something that every single one of us can be a part of. Um, beginning this afternoon, we're going to have our pickup truck. We've got a, a white pickup truck that's going to be sitting out in front of the building underneath the awning there. And we are going to be starting a food drive, at least for this week, uh, that we're going to be helping uh, to partner with the Salvation Army um, to, uh, to collect food today from 3 to 5. You can bring that by. Um, and then the rest of this week, uh, at least Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And we're going to be collecting food for the Salvation Army so that they can uh, distribute it to those that are in need. They've already got uh, a system and, uh, and distribution centers and plans in place um, for how they can distribute food to those in need. So we are not going to be handing out food from here, just so that we're clear on that. But we are collecting food so that we can get this to the people that, are, uh, that have a plan and a system in place to distribute to those that are in need. Um, and you know, the great thing about Salvation Army is they not only help physically, but they also help spiritually. They're an amazing organization. And when we reached out to them, um, they were incredibly uh, blown away because they said nobody has really reached out in this regard to them yet. So I love the fact that we're kind of on the forefront of this. And, and I know the way in which our church always seems to come through um, in circumstances and situations like this uh, to be able to, to help in, in this regard. I know just from doing Mission Akron when I was a youth pastor um, and, and even Mission Akron that we did this past year, these kinds of things, man, our church just has a heart for our community and we want to continue to do that and to give opportunities to that. And unfortunately, we can't get together and do any large group kind of things, but this is something that you can swing by Maybe if, if you're at the grocery store this afternoon and you pick up a few extra things that you can bring by and drop off, um, and we will go unload that truck at Salvation Army every day if we need to. I hope it's overflowing every day. I hope that we have that problem uh, to be able to take food so that we can give it to those that are in need. Now, when it comes to the food that you're bringing, let me just put a little disclaimer here for a minute um, because I want to give you a few things that are needed. Um, so, canned goods, canned veggies, and canned fruit, uh, non-perishables, um, cereal, pasta, you know, the staple foods, if you will, uh, peanut butter, crackers, nothing frozen or refrigerated. Please, please hear me on that one. Nothing frozen or refrigerated. We do not have the capabilities to keep stuff from melting all over the place and going spoiled or anything along those lines. Um, but let me ask you to put it through this filter, if you could, as you're maybe thinking through how you can help in this regard. Um, what would you want to receive? If you maybe get into a place of need and you're going to receive a box of food, what are the kinds of things that would be helpful for you and essential for you? Please don't bring us, um, you know, your can of like pickled eggs or something or like pig's feet or something like that. You know what I mean? It seems like whenever you do a food drive, there's always somebody that's like, oh, we got this uh, gross can of like sardines or something like that. I don't, you might like sardines. I'm sorry um, if you do, but you know what I mean. What are some of the essentials that you would want to get if, if you are in a place of need? Um, so I, I just hope that, that you'll uh, use some common sense 
when it comes to those things. Um, I know at my house, for example, um, if we just got a case of mac and cheese, my boys would eat that. I think Wilson would eat mac and cheese for every single meal if he possibly could. Um, and so I, I would just ask that you would think it through uh, in that way, shape, or form. So those are two things that we're doing right now as a church. I'm really excited about these things uh, to be able to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So if you could contribute in any way, again, one more time, three to five today, and then 11 to one tomorrow through Thursday, four to six tomorrow through Thursday. Those are the drop-off times, and we'll have just a couple of people sitting outside manning the truck so that all you have to do is drive. You don't even have to get out of your car. In fact, we'd almost rather you not. You just drive up, and you can hand it to, uh, to our amazing volunteers that are going to be there manning the truck. Um, and, uh, and it'll be a part of us being able to give back to our community and help our community uh, for those that are going to be in need. Um, and, and here's the great thing about it as, as we continue moving on with, with, uh, with the message here is that, you know, as, as you're giving these things, as you're bringing these things, as you're serving other people, we're doing it in Jesus' name. We're doing it in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is the only one who has the power to bless it so that it can multiply. My prayer for all of these things that we're doing for our church is that Jesus will multiply our efforts, that he will take maybe the little bit that we can give, the little bit that we can bring to him, and that he will multiply it in an amazing way because Jesus is the only one who has the power to bless it so that it can multiply. I want you to think about this last aspect of this story for just a minute because the miracle of this story, it really happened in the disciples' hands. Think about that. Put yourself in this position for a minute. Put yourself in this story and think about what would be going through your mind if you were here in this, in this position. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands, not in the master's hands. The master blessed it. Jesus blessed it and then broke it and then gave it to the disciples to distribute. And then the disciples took it around and they broke it and handed it out again and again and again. And they watched as the miracle happened in their hands over and over and over. And they learned the lesson about generosity and the multiplication of God over and over and over again. Imagine what was going through their minds. Imagine what was going through their minds as they hand this basket out. If you do the quick math on that, that means that basically there were, there were about 300 plus groups of 50, if you do the math on that. And so each of the disciples basically had to hand out food to call it 25 to 30 groups of 50. That's a lot. Just, I'm just thinking if, if it's just me handling that and handing out baskets and feeding those, those people, how long that must have taken to pass those baskets around, to feed all of those people and to hand out all of that food. And during that time, the lesson was taught to them over and over and over again because without the blessing of Jesus, it cannot multiply. And they saw God's power happen over and over and over again. But you know, there is nothing in Scripture, there is nothing in Scripture that says that we should make personal gain our motive for giving. You know, how must God feel when his people only really get excited about giving toward his kingdom through get-rich-quick promises? Do you think God ever sits there and says, man, if only my people would just catch the vision of having a lot more stuff, 
He, he's not sitting there saying that. If anything, he's, he's, saying the obvi- he's saying the opposite of that. God doesn't want us to catch the vision of getting. He wants us to catch the vision of giving. And as we do, we will receive so much more in return. Again, not like hitting the lottery necessarily, but blessings from God that, that you just can't see any other way because you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others and when you're giving. God is not against us having nice things, by the way. He is not against us having nice things. Actually, he loves to see his people be blessed. He loves that. He wants to see that. But motives are everything. Please hear that. Motives are everything. And that's why giving him your first right at the beginning is so important. Because you don't give yourself time to, to rob God. You don't give yourself time to be selfish. Um, you don't give yourself time to, to rob God of what rightfully belongs to him. And, and you don't rob yourself of the blessing right from the beginning. The blessing that he wants to give you. You know, it says at the end of this story, it says that they all ate and were satisfied. They all ate and were satisfied. And you know, when we give Jesus what belongs to him in the first place, with a generous heart, with a generous heart, we give him everything we have. Jesus satisfies our needs with his blessing, and there are leftovers. It says that there were 12 baskets of leftovers. How many disciples were there? 12. Each one of the disciples stood there holding their doggy bag of blessing. <laughs> Can you imagine what was going through them? They probably weren't even hungry at that point. I can imagine them just standing there holding this basket, looking at this crowd, eating, blown away. Blown away, not even knowing what to say. Probably completely lost their appetite as they're standing there looking and thinking, how much faith did I not have in the master? How much more faith do I need to have? And that's why my connection point for the day is this, is that our first has to be given away before it can multiply. Our first has to be given away before it can multiply. You see, generosity, whether it's financial, whether it's investing in, in time or in energy, it must be given away before God can multiply it. Not out of obligation, not out of obligation, not paying a bill, but because he asked us for it. And because it's rightfully his in the first place. Because you will never be completely right with God. Hear me on this. You will never be completely right with God if you are not returning what belongs to him in the first place. You won't be. And you won't be able to see him bless and multiply until you are generous with what he's given you. When we give it to him, Jesus says it's blessed. I'll give it away. Isn't it amazing? The opposite mentality is what we're seeing in our world today. Jesus says, I want to bless it and multiply it. So give it away, but give it to me first so I can bless it. You are rightfully his. Let me say that. You are rightfully his. You are a child of God. He created you. You are his masterpiece, as it says in Ephesians 2.10. He wants to use you to multiply 
and to grow his kingdom. But we have to put him first. We have to put him first. And even in this season that we're in, even in this uncertain time that we're in, God is first. God is still first, period. He will always be first. Whether you put him first or not. And he wants to use you. He wants to use you and your generosity, your generosity to make a difference in the miracle, just like it did for the disciples. The miracle is gonna happen right in your hands if you're willing to trust him with what you have. The miracle is gonna happen right in your hands, but you have to give it to him first. You know, God gave everything everything for you. He was generous, as generous as he could be with his firstborn son so that he could save what's most precious to him, and that is you, and that is me. God could not be more generous. You can't outgive God because he's already given everything. I know that statement is in some ways cliche, but, but think about it. He gave everything. And yeah, we, we've talked about this, that this virus is, is extremely contagious. But the hope and the love of Jesus is even more so. And he wants to use you and me to spread the love of God quicker than any virus possibly could. I hope that, that all Christians can be even more contagious than this virus. To, to not be ashamed of the power of the gospel of Jesus because it's the gospel that brings salvation to everyone. And the good news is still there. It's the best news. The good news that that you can have a home in heaven with Jesus and you can know for sure that you're gonna spend eternity with him and he gave everything. He was generous beyond generous so that you could know that for sure so that you could know that for sure. And if you want to know that for sure, let me just tell you that God loves you so much. As you've already heard, he gave his one and only son for you, and all you have to do is put your full faith and trust in him. Nobody is perfect. I'm a sinner. So are you. We all need saved from our sin because God created us to have a relationship with him. And it's our sin that separates us from him. And he sent his son Jesus to pay the price for you and for me to, to take care of the sin that, that we can't get rid of. We can't be good enough. There's nothing you can do to, to wash all of your sins away. You can't you can't be good enough to earn it or deserve it. That's what Jesus was for. That's why Jesus came, so that you could know for sure. And so if you, if you know you're a sinner, if you believe that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was God, he was God in flesh, and that he died on a cross sacrificially, he sacrificed himself freely, he lived a perfect life, and he sacrificed himself for you and for me. And if you put your full faith and trust in him alone for salvation, right where you're sitting right now, you can know for sure that you will have eternal life in heaven with him. 
And if you want to know more about that, we've got a spot on our webpage set up right now that you can go to. And it's right at the bottom if you're watching the live stream on our website. And it says next step. And it's connectchurch.xyz slash next. You can get to that. And you can read more about that. There's even a sample prayer that you can pray so that you can know for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And I would ask that if if you're not 100% sure, would you be willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus right now, right where you are? Can I just pray for each and every one of us right now? Father, I love you and I praise you and I thank you so much for your love. I thank you that you that you want us to be generous, God, and you want to use each and every one of us to grow your kingdom. And so, Father, I pray that we would take that challenge that we've seen through your word, Lord, to to give you everything, to give you our first so that you can multiply it and you can use it to, to reach other people. But God, right now, I pray that if there is one watching right now that doesn't know you as Savior, that they're not 100% sure that if they were to to die right now, that they would spend eternity in heaven. God, I pray that you would, um, that they would cry out to you, Lord, that that they would pray and they would say something along these lines. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I can't save myself. Come into my life, be my savior. I put my full faith and trust in you for salvation. Lord, I pray that they would do that. In Jesus' name, I pray that your spirit would move in a mighty and powerful way across the internet right now. Lord, I pray that we would all take this this challenge seriously and that we would really take an, an inward look at how we can maybe help those that are around us. Lord, I thank you for those that may have put their faith and trust in you right now. Lord, I pray that they would be willing to reach out to us and let us know that they did that and that they would move forward in their faith. God, help all of us as a church community, help all of those that are, that are watching, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen your church. God, that you, would, that you would fill us with your hope and your joy and your peace as we continue to put our, our trust in you. God, I pray that this pandemic would, would really just um, pave a way for, for renewal, God, for spiritual renewal. We want your power to be shown through all of this. God, use this in a mighty and powerful way. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.